everyone. Welcome to the Little Shop Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine. And I'm your host, Gisela. This is our first episode, as well as the beginning of our first series, The High School Stop. In this series, we're going to be interviewing some high schoolers who have taken the initiative to establish their own organizations. This includes both for-profit and non-profit organizations looking to share their journey and any advice they have for other high schoolers. Our first guests are co-founders Suhani and Sindori from She Helps Her, a nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a community of women supporting women to make a healthier world for all. That being said, I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Sindori Kovacella and I'm a senior at Doherty Valley High School. Um, I guess some of my passions, um, I'm interested in business marketing and social media, uh, advocacy, and uh, the Indian classical dance style called Bharatanatyam, which I've been practicing for about 12 years now. Um, in school, I'm the president of the Ethnic Dance Club, which kind of connects my interests to dance. And then outside of school, I combine my interest of dance and social media um, as marketing at my dance teacher's organization, Namaha Foundation for the Arts, um, and her and my dance school as well, which is, I run the website and social media. And um, I'm also the, on the FemTruth Youth Executive Board as a marketing director and a coalition lead. Hi, I'm Suhanya Kori. I'm, I'm also a senior at Doherty Valley High School. I'm passionate about business, entrepreneurship, and gender equity. Um, outside of school, I'm involved in an organization called Generation She, where I lead um, and where I lead the high school clubs program. I am the chapter president of my high school's Future Business Leaders of America, and I am an ambassador for an organization called iGiant, which focuses on the impact of gender um, and sex on novel innovations and technology. Um, and I am also with Sindori, a coalition lead for FemTruth Youth and the business development director. Now that you know a little about them, and thank you guys for coming in today to talk about She Helps Her, I'll kind of introduce what She Helps Her is. So She Helps Her has donated over 8,000 hygienic products to local shelters, published a doctor's speaker series, wrote over 20 newsletter posts, got featured in an article in FELA's National Spring Magazine issue, and over a thousand followers on Instagram. They started their nonprofit around the time of the pandemic where they found issues in our world to solve. That being said, that leads to our first question, which is, why did you guys decide to specifically target the problem of women's health and what inspired you to start up She Helps Her? Hi, um, I can take this question. Uh, so actually in late 2019, Suhani and a friend of ours um, had an ideathon for our local chapter of FBLA. Um, and the ideathon was around creating a gender specific solution to a gender problem. Um, and that's where we came up with the idea of creating an organization for women's health because we know it's talked about, but we also haven't seen much progress made in it. Um, and, you know, we wanted to be able to be a part of making that go further. Um, and so in early 2020, we attended a um, makeathon held by Generation She, where we got to develop the idea, create a prototype website, and actually really, really hone in on our idea and make it unique from other things that are there, uh, which were including things like having speakers um, at our events um, and actually going to shelters with these speakers and giving um, underprivileged women the access to healthcare. 
without actually having to pay for anything. Um, so we thought we were able to tackle this issue in a unique way um, and hopefully make more of an impact. Um, and now we're here, so it's working and we're, we're glad to see um, you know, what we've worked so hard on actually be implemented and we can't wait for everything that's coming up in the future. And um, you were mentioning implementing all your ideas. So I just want to know about what are some challenges that you might have been fa you might have faced during this entire uh, process of starting up a nonprofit organization, um, as well as some advice that you might give regarding these challenges, um, like for example, dealing with the pandemic and having a more global team, um, anything like that. Yeah. Okay. I can go ahead and take that question. So I think the biggest challenge with the pandemic comes like the idea that we have to manage our team virtually. Um, so obviously we thought of that as being a good opportunity to like expand our team and reach out to people um, across the globe to join our team. But of course, without being able to meet in person, that means communication does become a lot more difficult because we rely mainly on like Zoom and like Slack, which is a messaging application to kind of communicate with everyone who is involved. Um, and so what happens is sometimes, you know, like things get lost in translation, of course, if you can't just like go up to the person, like express how you want it, um, or how you're kind of planning to have something done. Um, but I think the most important part of like fixing communication within a team is to make sure like everyone on the team feels close enough, even virtually to like, kind of like talk to each other about any problems they might be facing and really like address issues. So we can like you know, find them and deal with them. Um, and so, yeah, I think team bonding is really important. So we try to like do these things. We just like casually talk um, to the rest of the members and like kind of get their input on different things and see like, how are they feeling within the organization? Um, how are they feeling, you know, in general, like what's going on in their lives and really trying to like build friendships first because um, that tends to work better and having people be more comfortable to like communicate openly. Um, and the other thing is allowing people to take initiative of things that they're working on, because obviously if there's something that you're not feeling passionate about and someone's just like, do this, 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 and this task, like it becomes a lot harder for you to like feel motivated and like really like stick with it. But we like let people on our team take initiative of different event ideas that they have and lead those projects themselves. So that way, like, you know, everyone's like really dedicated and happy with what they're working on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree, especially with such a global team. There's definitely going to be like lots of different perspectives. So along, aside from those challenges that you've talked about, we know you guys are just high schoolers. And with being a high schooler, there's like your own set of difficulties that you have to face. So could you guys describe your general experience as a high school entrepreneur? Like, for example, what motivated you to pursue an initiative like being an entrepreneur and anything that might be more difficult or easy? being in high school? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I can take this question again. Um, so actually, aside from Shielbser, both Suhani and I are really, really interested in the business world and um, hopefully to one day become an entrepreneur, um, you know, in other categories, maybe run our own businesses one day. Um, and so even when we were younger, we um, dipped our toes into different like types of entrepreneurship. I don't know if we necessarily knew we were doing that when we were younger, but we thought it'd be cool to have mm -hmm. shops with our friends, run stores. Um, and, you know, I think it gave us some access and some um, input on how to run a business and how to run an organization 
which is now useful as we're doing that now. Um, with that, though, there are definitely like struggles. Like we did have to deal with um, the issue of time. Like you said, we're high schoolers. So we have homework and tests and all that stuff that take a lot of our time, um, you know, and also like stuff like college apps that we're going to be facing like right now. Um, so all those things kind of take up a huge portion of our time. So it's really all about that time management. Um, and I think the most important thing is that to run an organization or to anyone who wants to run a business, um, to do any of that, you really have to be passionate about what you're doing. Um, and that is the only way you'll make time for it. Um, just generally speaking, outside of that, if you're really into like a TV show, you're going to make time to go watch it. If you're really into playing a game with a sibling, you're going to make time to make that happen. Um, so just like that, it's just one of those things we're super passionate about where we're able to merge our interest in business and advocacy in women's health. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. we make time for it. Um, and we're able to incorporate it into our school lives um, because there's other volunteering opportunities in our school. Um, and there's other opportunities to get more people involved from our school um, to join our team, et cetera. So I think just general like challenges is just the fact that we're in school and we have a lot going on, but because we're so passionate about it, I think it's easy to make time for it and it's easy to make it um, something we truly like to do and something that we truly want to spend our time on. So one thing that we've kind of touched on was about how She Helps Her has such a uh, global board and Obviously, there are a lot of people who are involved with She Helps Her, so I just I just wanted you guys to take us through the hiring process. So, um, how you guys decided to create certain positions, how you guys advertise job openings, interview people, and finally, how you choose the people that you want to work on um, the organization with you. Yeah, um, sure. So, to take you through the hiring process, obviously, the first step, as you mentioned, is deciding how to create positions and like what positions we need to fill and I think that just comes from like running the organization and seeing like what direction are we going in like what like parts of the nonprofit are like growing faster versus slower like what's and what's taking up like the most time like for example um we saw that like content creation was taking up a significant amount of time but we didn't really have a dedicated person to like be working on just curating posts like we had people working on content who were like also somewhat working on like creating the post, but then also working on like marketing. So it was just like all over the place. And it felt like it was being a huge time commitment. So we were like, um, let's get like a person who's going to be a dedicated designer. Like she doesn't need to really do the research um, about like what the events are that are happening or like any of that stuff. It's just that she gets like information and she translates it into posts. Right. Um, so like, that's like kind of how we like decide to create positions, um, in terms of advertising job openings, um, because we are like focused on getting youth involved and mostly high school students. Um, Instagram is our most effective way of advertising job openings, because obviously a lot of teenagers are on Instagram all the time. Um, and then people are always looking for ways to get involved. Um, so reaching out to organizations that focus on you know, advertising opportunities to high school students. Um, we found a couple of like Instagram accounts that just posted about like openings at different like 
youth-led organizations and different nonprofits and internships and things like that. And we had them advertise our job openings. Um, And that was like our main way of getting people to get involved. As well as like, we also post on LinkedIn, but again, there's like fewer high school students on there. So if someone runs across it, that's also another way, but um, mostly Instagram. And then finally, how do we choose people? Honestly, of course, we look for like relevant skills and experience in kind of like the position that they've applied for. But more importantly than any of that, I think someone who might have a little bit less experience or is just starting off, but is really passionate about what we're doing. And you can like hear that like this is something that really matters to them is a lot more important to us than um kind of like what like background they come from like the background might be like what gets them you know past like from the first stage like an interview round but at the end like the people that we're going to choose are going to be the ones that when we like have a conversation with them have like really shown that they really resonate with what we're trying to do and like I think that's again like the the most important thing is when someone's like wait yeah like I totally get it and we can like have a conversation with them just about the issue and not necessarily about like the organization the role the prestige you know like that type of stuff and just really focusing in on the problem and yeah when there's like a connection there like that's like the most important thing uh, when it comes to making our hiring decisions. Yeah, so with your passionate team and the people who are willing to work towards She Helps Her and make the effort and kind of understand the issue, what are some accomplishments? What do you think is probably the greatest success of She Helps Her? And why do you think it really became successful? Um, I think this is kind of a tough question um, because I think as we hit each um, accomplishment that we, we did, um, you know, we were really proud of ourselves as mm-hmm. an organization. It, it felt like we were just taking one step closer to our um, to our goal, which is just general health access to everyone. Um, and so I think it, it just kind of as it comes uh, right now, it we feel really accomplished that we were able to donate um, so much. I think the number was like 8,000 items. Um, and we were able to do that with not, not just by ourselves, but with other organizations. We were able to team up. Um, make an impact, have a huge group of people involved. Um, and, you know, while collecting those items, we also had, um, like Suwani mentioned with um, our amazing team, we have someone making posts about it. Somebody, um, we just started a TikTok recently, so somebody creating some stuff on that. Um, some people going to our school, getting our school involved um, with some of the clubs that are in our school. Um, so I think, I guess if, if, we're being completely honest with ourselves, just the community that we formed while being able to um, tackle all these small little things. Um, I don't know if Suhani, to her, if there's a personal, um, something that she finds personally successful from She Helps Her. Um, but I would definitely say the community and the uh, donations that we were able to collect and form. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would just say that I totally agree with that. And I think the community is probably the biggest thing. This kind of leads us into our next question. So um, obviously, you guys have built a great community um, around She Helps Her. uh, And you guys have been able to take many initiatives. So what do you find the most rewarding? um, What do you find is the most rewarding thing about starting and leading She Helps Her? Um, yeah, I would say that the most rewarding thing for me, at least, is having a way to use, like, 
kind of like the knowledge that I have and the things that I'm interested in and like all those skills to like actually create an impact. I think a lot of times in like high school, we get caught up in like this idea of like kind of trying to stack up as many accomplishments as possible. But for me, like she helps her is like that one thing where I just kind of like use the skills that I have, but like put it into like a topic that I'm passionate about. And it's not really about, you know, growing super fast or like hitting certain numbers. It's really just about like getting in. And like, as we talked about, like the community is really important to us, to us, like building that community and making sure like there is like a strong foundation um, and that people are like actually getting helped, I think is like when we like send over the donations and the shelter that we work really closely with, like the lady who um, runs that women's shelter is always so like appreciative and like grateful for our donations and just seeing how much that those items that we collect mean to like these women at the women's shelters is really, really rewarding. Um, yeah, I think that would be the main thing for me. Sindori, do you want to add anything? Yeah, no, I, I just want to say I totally agree on that. Um, I, I will never forget the face, um, the reaction of the lady that we work really close with in the shelter, like Sinoni was saying. She's always so grateful and she is always saying, like, you don't know how much this means. And she even personally asks us if we want to be involved in things in the future, which is honestly so rewarding because it, it just makes us feel like, um, you know, a couple of high schoolers that just had this small idea when we were um like sophomores I think um and now we're like seniors and it feels great that we were able to that idea that was just being talked about like a few years ago is actually being implemented and has actually helped people um and again now I think with that we've also inspired a few other people to get involved too um with some of our uh you know we have ambassadors and stuff like that and they they love to get involved with these things too so I think Definitely. It's, it's, there's so many rewarding um, aspects about it. I wouldn't, I can't think of something that isn't rewarding about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So realizing that you like impacted someone or helping someone is always like a really rewarding experience. So seeing along with that, being that you guys took the initiative to help out people, what advice do you have for people wanting to start up something of their own? Um, so again, kind of like I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, if you want to start something, I know like when, again, I mentioned when we were younger, we both had our own different interests, whether it was a blog or a little jewelry st um, store or something like that. Um, it was something that we were truly passionate about. Um, and I know that there are definitely people our age or maybe younger than us that want to do the same thing, start a business, create an organization. And they're always, it's, it's easy to get stuck in that brainstorming um you know, phase where you're just sitting there and you're like, okay, cool. I want to start an organization. I want to start a business, but what do I do it for? What do I do it on? How much time is it going to take? Um, I definitely say hone onto your current, um, you know, talents, your current passions. Uh, like Suani was mentioning a little bit earlier. Um, the thing in high school is that you're always trying to stack up accomplishments, stack up different talents, learn new things, but also using what you already know is really, really important and something that connects to you. Um, I would say that, yeah, if you're trying to start your own organization or you're starting your own business, listen to your head, listen to your gut and go with something that you're definitely passionate about because when you're passionate about it, you're going to do everything you can to make it perfect. You're going to do everything you can to make time for it. And you're also 
it's also an easy way to get your friends involved or get your family involved because they know it's something you care about so much. Um, and I think that's just the most successful part. Once you get that down, other things come to you easy. It is going to take hard work. It is going to take time. You're going to have to, you know, put in some money into it or work to get grants and stuff like that. But I feel like when you're passionate about it, you're going to make time for it. You're going to make it possible. Um, so it's, it's just, it's definitely something that just happens. And if you're stuck in that brainstorming phase or you really don't know what to do to get past it, really take your time on it. Think about it. Make sure it's something that you think will work or something that you think you will keep doing. Um, because without that, it, it can't go forward and you won't be able to, to make time for it at all. Um, it's really just about something that you think you can, you can do and you are passionate about. And now just talking about um, more uh, recent activities, what are some new initiatives that you guys are thinking of taking with all the restrictions relating to the pandemic being relaxed? Um, I think that the most like important thing that we're looking forward to doing is like kind of relating back to what our original vision was for the organization, which is like this idea of um, actual like educational sessions for underprivileged women um, and having care packages. And those two things kind of go hand in hand. So like the idea is that like, we'd really like to go to like a women's shelter with some medical professional who can like really talk to these women about uh, how to kind of help them with body literacy, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, help them like learn to be like more in tune with their body, understand when something is wrong um, and like know how to get help and like also how to like take care of themselves until they get help. Um, because a lot of times what happens is like these women don't really have access to adequate like medical care. So it's really important for them to be able to like self-identify and like self-read the symptoms in their body. So that way, like they're not living in too much pain. Um, so like that, that's the main thing. And then with those sessions, we hope to be giving out care packages at them with like little informational packets, as well as like, you know, um, menstrual hygiene related supplies and like, um, you know, period care. So like heating pads, blankets, things like that. Um, just like all the stuff that someone would need to like take care of their health. Um, but like more from like a women's health perspective, um, as well as the information that they need to do that. And that's something we haven't been able to do really during the pandemic because it requires like this like in-person interaction. And we really hope to get to that now that restrictions have relaxed. Where do you guys see She Helps Her going in the future? Both of you guys are currently seniors. Do you anticipate any challenges during your transition from high school to college? Um, that is a difficult question. And, you know, honestly, it's all about where the future takes us. Um, but like Suwani mentioned, there are some, the, the initiatives that we want to do that we've been wanting to do, um, we were just kind of waiting for COVID to kind of dial down. Uh, we definitely want to do that. And I think actually by both of us, um, going to college and all of that, I think we might be able to reach more people that way. Um, a new set of people with whatever location we end up living in, uh, wherever we are, we can meet more people can get more um, people involved in our organization and that can help us grow um, and reach those goals uh, because it, it's important for us to get a larger community and with a large community I think we can help more people um, so yeah definitely I think 
I see shields are growing in our future. I see that we can take these ideas that we've been wanting to tackle and do them and um, get our friends involved, get other people involved. Um, the challenges I would say from from high school to college is just is just that the, the transition from high school to college. Um, it's going to be a new experience for the both of us, and we might not be in the same school or the same location anymore. So tackling that distance will definitely be something. But again, over the pandemic, I think we've learned to work with a team that's all across the globe. Um, so I think we can make it work. And I think that we'll be, we'll be where we want to be. All right. Thanks so much for describing your experiences and any advice you'd give to high schoolers, as well as talking about She Helps Her. So where can our audience find out more about you? Your audience can reach us at on Instagram at she helps her um, on our website, which is shehelpsher.org. Um, and if you have any like specific questions that you might want to reach out with, you can either DM us on Instagram or you could email us um, email us at shehelpsher at gmail.com. Yeah, um, we do have other social media like LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, those are also all linked on our Instagram or on our website. So if you go to either of those things, they'll find the link to those. Um, they're not used as often, but we know that they're useful, especially for people um, looking for opportunities, especially on our LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, we are very active on our Instagram and our website. Yeah, so we will also be updating on our social media at The Little Shop Podcast on Instagram as well about opportunities that she helps her may have and other information if you want to be updated. So you can also join our mailing list through our Instagram for future episodes. And within the next week, feel free to DM us any questions that you guys would like to know about She Helps Her. And we'll definitely have a day where those questions will be answered on our Instagram. That was Suhani and Sidori from She Helps Her. Join us next week for our next shop on the high school stop.